I feel like I don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> oh, no. That's the show. <laughs> huh. It had to happen. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have stuff. There's stuff happening. I'm going to close the shades. I don't want everyone to know that we're recording a podcast. <laughs> so embarrassing. I'm sure they have one, too. <laughs> I have a, a a bad thing happened to me this week. Oh God, what happened? It was, it was really not the best. Okay. I was on the subway. Okay. And I saw this flying bug that at oh first, God. Yeah, at first I was like, hmm, like what is that? And then I was like, okay, well, I don't <laughs> want, it, it was flying kind of like vertical. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, It was like, you don't want it to be what it is. <laughs> And then, but you know what it is, and it's a roach. It's a roach that's flying, and I know they're not supposed to fly, but they do have wings. I knew, but look, here's I was sitting in this section of the subway, and then there were the doors right next to me, and then so then it, I, I saw it fly all the way into the next section. I was like, fine, I'm good, great, you know? And I stood up, like, let's say like a stop later, you know? And I looked, I saw my reflection in the window just before the doors opened, and the cockroach had landed on my shoulder. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, it's not good. Oh my god, did you scream? <laughs> no, I were you didn't wearing scream. a tank top? No, I was not wearing a tank okay. top. I was wearing a t shirt okay. and I brushed it off. Oh. You know? I just brushed it off and it was still in the subway oh car when the doors closed. So oh. I'm sorry I didn't take better care, but there's nothing I could do. I mean, I saw it and was like, well, what the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I have a thing to ask you. Is it serious? Mm. Kind of. Oh god. All right, what <laughs> is it? Uh, what do you think of Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I could say I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I don't think anything. I've never seen it. Yeah. I started watching it because, you know, they put it on Disney Plus. I mean, I don't get it at all. I don't know why people like that. I really, I, I mean, really I don't, like don't understand why people like that. I, I like, like some music. Mm. You like Grease? I like Grease because the Grease is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw Grease 2 way before I ever saw the first Grease. I think I did. And then I finally watched it and realized how sexual it was and it made me so embarrassed. I watched it with my cousin my my cousin Joey's wife Linda. <laughs> who is like Italian North Jersey, you know. And we were watching it, and like during summer nights, I think I asked some naive question. I was probably like 11, you know? And she was like, oh no, because he's like saying that they had sex. And like I had like a meltdown when she said that, you know? I was like, I don't even know what to do. And this is the beginning of the movie, <laughs> you know? No, we just sit through this together. <laughs> Did you grasp what was going on with the pregnancy scare? Because I know I didn't for a real long time. Yeah, I didn't. I did not get that. I don't yeah. think I had like a lot more issues about sex than you did. You were just like really interested in it. You know, it would always embarrass me when anybody talked about it. It well, I would get embarrassed about sex stuff. But you wanted to know. I know, but if like I remember going to see Big with yeah. my parents, yeah. and there's a scene which 
by the way, is a re- is really fucked up to like look back on it. But there's a scene where Tom Hanks, who's a 13 year old kid, right. has like a thing, like an affair with Elizabeth Perkins. And then he takes her shirt off and then he touches her boob. And yeah. I remember being like, oh, my <laughs> God, I was sitting in the theater watching it with my family. <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> Like uh, that felt bad. I didn't like having to watch that with like adults, but with um with my friends, yeah. Loved it. Oh, and I never got the abortion in, in Dirty Dancing either. I never knew oh, what the fuck that. that was about. Oh right. We talked about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a be a thing. Um well we can make dirty dancing a thing. I would love to talk about dirty dancing. I could talk about dirty dancing all day long. Well, what okay, what what sticks out to you? I got I I read uh The Fountainhead because of Dirty Dancing at like a very young age. Who reads The Fountainhead? Does she? Um no, the waiter that, that gets that gets Penny pregnant but is going out with the sister. Right. Um that two-timing son of a bitch. Which is a joke that like I didn't get until way later in life that he was like an an objectivist. So he's just like a, a selfish person, like, you know, this out for himself, basically. Right. right. Which I think is like a funny like reference, a sort of elevated, I don't know, a sophisticated reference for that movie. Richard dancing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really I mean, you're this is news to me, so that's smart. Kanye's announcement. Oh, yeah. Kanye's announcement. He doesn't believe in abortion. Okay. So, fuck him. I would say between the three, Kanye, Biden, and Donald Trump, Kanye hasn't been accused of raping anybody. Yeah. Or sexual assault or any of that. Sure. I mean, what about him being a Trump supporter or a... Honestly, I thought all of that was part of the mental illness. Well... Bipolar stuff right but i mean is, is that any less real i think ever since the 400 years thing i think everyone has basically just been like he's unwell yeah so uh, right so they don't like really pay it mind it's still real enough and when's the last time his music was good well you like i liked yay a lot yeah you like yay <laughs> i did not like yay i like uh I like the religious stuff. You like the religious stuff? Some of it is good. I with, think, that, with that choir and stuff? Yeah, the choir is good, but his like religious rap is a different beast entirely. Yeah. But and also like I don't I still don't want to listen to the choir. Like Oh, I like they, the choir. I think they're good. They're, I mean they're good, sure. But all for Jesus, you know? I don't know. I just think the music is good. I mean, I don't believe in Jesus. It's like listening to someone sing about I don't know, Puff the Magic Dragon. Like, I know it's not real. It's still like kind of a fun song. Although that actually, I don't like the Puff the Magic Dragon song. You know it? It's not good. Yeah, I know it. Like, I, I saw the cartoon and everything. There was a sequel as well. But I think it was like a, fo- I think Puff the Magic Dragon originated with Peter, Paul, and Mary. I believe they devised this story. Oh, it's not like an old fairy tale? I don't believe so. I think that came from them. <laughs> because it's also, isn't it like a thinly veiled drug thing as well? Puff the Magic Dragon. I guess it must be. Let's see. Okay, let's this. look into it. Okay, so it's I'm not that wrong. It was a poem by a by Leonard Lipton, who was at that point, who was 19 and at Cornell when he wrote it. But he wrote it in 59, and the song was recorded in 62. So it's not like it was this like enduring 
like favorite, perennial favorite. Like they made Puff the Magic Dragon, even if they didn't devise. They Puff made the it Magic. happen. Um, you know, there's an entire Wikipedia section on speculation about drug references. Okay. After the song's initial success, speculation arose as early as 1964 in Newsweek that the song contained veiled references to smoking marijuana. The word paper in the name of Puff's human... Oh, yeah, Jackie Paper. It was said to be a reference to rolling papers. Okay. The words by the sea were interpreted as by the sea, as in cocaine. I don't know. I mean, now we're getting crazy. Come on. The word mist stood for smoke. Well, why would mist stand for smoke and not... Puff stand for smoke. Because puff is when you toke it. Land of Hanalee stood for hash. This is getting this is a little dopier and dopier. <laughs> it's definitely high people who came up with this. Um. Anyway, the writers, the authors of the song Puff the Magic Dragon have repeatedly rejected this interpretation of that drugs and dragon and puffin. He has also said the song has never had any meaning other than the obvious one. And it is about the obvious one. The loss of innocence in children. What happened with the dragon? Wait, what I happens at the Jackie end of the paper? song? I don't know. What what happens at the end of the <laughs> Go find out. Okay. Go to the lyrics. All right, hold on. <laughs> oh no. Oh God. Wait. What is it? A dragon lives forever, but not so little boys. Painted wings and giant's rings make way for other toys. One gray night it happened, Jackie Paper came no more. And puff that mighty dragon, he ceased his fearless roar. Oh, wait, so he died because Jackie stopped coming around? No, he he, Jackie like abandoned him because he got other toys. He got like better toys. I don't know. I don't think it gets Women much better. Or men. Sex, though. <laughs> that's true. I, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I was going to say there's no better toy than a dragon, but I guess. <laughs> a penis. Yeah. <laughs> I'd still a dick the dick. But a dragon's cool. You know? A dragon is cool. Wait, but why did he stop roaring? Because he was sad. Oh, I thought he killed himself. No, but it sounds like he wants to. His head was bent in sorrow. Green scales fell like rain. Puff no longer went to play along the cherry lane. Oh, he's really depressed. Without his lifelong friend, Puff could not be brave. So Puff, that mighty dragon, sadly slipped into his cave. You couldn't find someone else? I think it's a bad message to send to kids. Yeah, what what do you think the message is? That his identity and sense of living is wrapped up in one person. Yeah, he's codependent. Yeah, I think that's fucked up. Well, I don't think he had anybody else. Like, I think he was somehow he living. Get out! He should get out more. Yeah, I think it's harder for a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> There's nowhere to go in Honolulu. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you said sex replaced Puff. You know, the songwriter or the guy who wrote the poem or whatever said it's about the ch- a child's loss of innocence. That's a different kind of song. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to call a song. It's weird to say a song is about that, I think. I understand that like it's a trope, loss of innocence, but it's just like, I don't know. Is lo- Does loss of innocence always mean no. sex? It could, it could mean, mean all sorts of murder? like, it could mean all sorts. Like actually in... um. A perfect example, the book I'm listening to now, Unorthodox, she says her loss of innocence is when she realized that she could question all of the authority that had been guiding her life, that she could have independent thoughts. Yeah. You know? So I watched Louis C.K.'s new special. He pushes the envelope in basically every sense. I think maybe he 
probably has like a feels a sense of freedom now in a way that maybe I mean he always was edgy but like um well he has a whole thing about the word faggot too it's like one of his famous sort of at least you know in my world bits <laughs> just the sense of like ownership and like I really want to be able to call people a faggot because it's such a useful word and you know. thank you all right faggot how you doing Sorry, I called him a faggot. Um, I miss that word, you know? I, I grew up saying that word, and it, I mean, it, it never meant gay. When I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't know what gay was. No, I hadn't been told that people do that. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> faggot didn't mean gay. When I was a kid, you call somebody faggot because they're being a faggot, you know? Someone's just being a faggot. Nee. Shut up, faggot. I'm supposed to use those for that. Shut up, faggot. <laughs> Didn't mean, like, I would never call a gay guy a faggot unless he's being a faggot. But Okay, yeah, that was from his um, 2008 special, Chewed Up. But then the first season of his show, Louie, that used to be on FX, it was the first season, second episode. There's a scene where he's sitting around playing poker with a bunch of comedians and they're talking about comedy and they're talking about words they can and can't say and so then there was this scene. Yeah, but really it's like as a comedian and a, a gay guy, you're the only gay comic I know. Do you think I shouldn't be using that word on stage? I think you should use whatever words you want. Uh, and when you use it on stage, I can see it's funny and I don't care. But are you interested to know what it might mean to, to gay men? Yeah, I am interested. Well, the word faggot really means a bundle of sticks used for kindling in a fire. Now, in the Middle Ages, when they used to burn people they thought were witches, they used to burn homosexuals, too. And they used to burn the witches at a stake, but they thought the homosexuals were too low and disgusting to be given a stake to be burned on. So they used to just throw them in with the kindling, with the other faggots. So that's how you get flaming faggot. You might want to know that every gay man in America has probably had that word shouted at them when they're being beaten up. Sometimes many times, sometimes by a lot of people all at once. So when you say it, it kind of brings that all back up. But, you know, by all means, use it, get your laughs. But, you know, now you know what it means. So that scene was from his show, which was from 2010. So it seems to me that he, you know, maybe had pushback on the use of the word faggot from that special chewed up and you know took that in and then uh used what he learned and put it into his show so anyway it's i would recommend the louis ck special i think it was interesting he talked about the allegations um or not even allegations he totally like you know owns up to it i don't know i mean and you're like okay with watching somebody who owns who owns up to the allegations i feel like in the things that he said in this in his stand-up, he demonstrated that he understands why it was fucked up that he did what he did and that he, and why he didn't know it was fucked up. Yeah, so um, you forgive him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was like my place to forgive him, but he's cool with me. I feel like you have to give people the room to uh, fuck up and then become better people from it. I'm not saying that like he needs his entire career reinstated to the state that it was, but if he wants to make these specials and put them on his own website and not take up space from anyone else, like I don't see anything wrong with that. 
Well, I mean, he has a right to express himself, yeah. certainly. It's just about the consumer's choice of like where they put their money and yeah. what they do with their time. So in that way, you are forgiving him. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I didn't. I also um, didn't pay for this, All right. <laughs> <laughs> which I will say I wouldn't have. Um, I probably wouldn't have paid for it. Yeah. I always would have found a way to pirate this to see it. Um, so I suggest you pirate it. Pirate it. Yeah. Well, I never cared about him, so I, oh, I still always, don't I care about him. He, I always kind of thought he was funny. I think he's all right. It's easy for me to ignore him because I always did. Mm. Kind of like same with a lot of people, actually. You're not that into comedians, though. Some comedians, but not, yeah, You're not, not really. Like, I, I love... Not like a comedy fan. I, I, am, I feel like I'm a comedy fan. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like comedy code stuff that yeah. uh, comedians get mad if you violate, even if you're not in that world. And it's like, these are your rules. These are your arbitraries, <laughs> your code. Like, I like when there's industry codes, like with magicians and stuff. I love magician stuff. So there's magician code. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's magician code? Um, have you not been to Magic Castle? No. I've been to Magic Castle. What's that? I think four times. It's in LA. It's right by the Roosevelt Hotel. It's in Hollywood. Okay. It's this old Hollywood home. It's like built like a castle or it's like a private club for magicians. Like yeah. it's for magicians to be members of okay, and then they right. do performances in there and you have to be invited by a magician to attend. Right. I've been four times. Okay. <laughs> I think and you're probably breaking magician code by talking about it then. I don't think. No, because I'm not a magician. I know, but they're gonna, you're gonna, the magicians are going to get mad. Well... Okay, well, I cancel you. No, they're not going to cancel me. I'm their biggest fan. Okay, (laughs) are you? (laughs) I love magic. I love magic. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little bit bummed that we didn't go see Chris Angel when we went to Vegas, but it was very expensive. I was dropping hints, though. I would have been cool with Penn & Teller, too. Well, I don't remember why we didn't. Because we narrowed it down. Because we, we went to see Piazzadora. Right. <laughs> We've never talked about that. We haven't ever talked about it. Let's I talk mean, about that. Yeah, we saw Piazzadora <laughs> and we never talked about it again. <laughs> we did. That was actually a great night. It was very intimate. It was at, what was the name of the, ho- the, the restaurant? The place is called Piero's. But on Saturday nights, it becomes Pia's Place. That restaurant is famous because it's the the restaurant that Joe Pesci owns in Casino. Oh wow, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. The, the scenes with Sharon Stone like freaking out yeah. and like being dragged out of the restaurant. I think that's, that's like the, the main dining room because we were on a yes. we were in a, the entertainment wing, I guess. We the, we were the in the stage. lounge. The no, we lounge, went to the lounge. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we we had dinner. We had like the best booth. It was like the premiere. Oh, yeah. Like that, we were like, I mean, she was in our face. Yeah, I called ahead. <laughs> And I guess nobody else had, you know, just to make sure. I don't know. It seemed like no, a thing to do so to me. Glad, We're in yeah. Vegas, go see no, Piazzadora. No, it was like a Saturday night, I feel like. Yeah, it was like we had to make sure that happened. You know? <laughs> but that really spoke loud and clear to them. And they like right this way. Sat us like right in front of the band. It was almost really too much. The the guy who opened, what was his name? It was like... Sonny Charles. So the thing about Sonny Charles is that he was the lead singer of the Checkmates in the 60s and 70s. The most famous song that Sonny Charles sang with the Checkmates was Black Pearl, which was a hit. I think he was the best lounge singer I've ever seen. And it was I, great. I have seen a, quite a few lounge singers in my day. And I just like, I, I mean, I was moved. I'm never gonna 
But the main attraction was Piazzadora. Yeah. So Piazzadora <laughs> was like, really, I mean, at a certain point. She was a guy's wife and he tried to do a Svengali thing. And she won a Golden Globe for her turn in Butterfly. She was like best new starlet or something like that. Um, it was like a real porny category sounding, you know? <laughs> it's like the Golden Globe, so I feel like we just like made up that category. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Butterfly was like this melodrama, this incest melodrama. She was she beat out Elizabeth McGovern and Howard Rollins and Kathleen Turner. Pia Zadora beat Kathleen Turner in Body Heat. <laughs> More mysterious, though, was the fact that Butterfly had not yet been released in the United States. So almost nobody in Hollywood had seen Zadora's portrayal of a nymphet who tries to seduce her backwoods father. I've, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I feel like I watched it or some Sounds of it like at some point. I know. It's cra- I've seen The Lonely Lady. That was <laughs> what, Harold Robbins. It was, a Harold, it was a Harold Robbins adaptation about a writer screenwriter she's a writer in it you know she's okay. like she's got a respectable job <laughs> and uh but lots of problems and it's <laughs> <laughs> butterfly was financed by zador's husband israeli multimillionaire meshulam rickless so he was basically like paying for her to become a star like she wanted to become a star and then he decided to invest a bunch of money into making that happen and but but she was also like a punchline on David Letterman, like he was like, because yeah. her name is Pia Zadora, you know. <laughs> she also had a recording career and, in fact, a global hit with. Well, she's a lounge. She's a singer. She's a lounge singer. She's a singer, yeah. And so she recorded music. She did a whole album with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. This is part of the cool thing about this lounge show with her Sonny Charles and Pia Zadora that they tell stories, like especially her though, in between songs about like things she's done and she um talked a lot about her drink and also drank a lot oh yeah she did (laughs) i admit that i'm older than i look but that's because alcohol is a preservative (laughs) cheers right Right. it's a preservative you're an alcoholic but i'm a preservative so at the i guess intermission or whatever her like little break she went to like by the bar so Rich and I walked up to her. Yeah. She asked how you knew about her career. Oh, and you she were, did. I was like, uh, <laughs> I just like like funny stuff from the <laughs> 80s, <laughs> you know? And she was like, you're so young. How do you know about my career? Yeah. Maybe you asked her a question about one of her older movies or something. Probably, I said something about it. I, I think that we were pretty upfront about like we came. I think, I think if anything, I probably said, oh, we came to see you. Like we're here for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, anyway, I thought her show was good. I thought she was a good singer. I said to myself, it's a never will go so well. But why should I try to resist the baby I know so well? A++ for that. That is the experience you want in Vegas, honestly. Because she wasn't messy. No. But she was loose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough of us. I got too high. You know what it was? Is that I took an edible. Okay. And then it didn't kick in in time when you got here. So right. I was like, all right, I'll just smoke this. And then I smoked a couple bowls. And then the edible is now just hitting me. And I'm like, whoa, all okay. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do it? Do what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, I think it's time to go. So if you want to ask us questions, which we answer on our bonus episodes, which are on our Patreon, which you can get to by going to patreon.com slash pot psychology. Uh, you can access those. There's also the pinned Google form there and on our Twitter, which is pot psychology, at, you know, on Twitter. And our Instagram. <laughs> and our Instagram. So you can ask questions there and then we answer them on the bonus, which you can get access to by subscribing to our Patreon. That was really good. Thanks for handling that. You're welcome. I, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you couldn't do it. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Girl, precious me.